Manifest Simplicity, where we discuss intentional living, minimalism, and searching for meaning in a world obsessed with more. I'm Mick. I'm Craig. And together we run a website called ManifestSimplicity.com. We post essays, short thoughts, recommendations, and our rules for living a more meaningful life. What are we looking at on today's show, Craig? We are... <laughs> Is this serious? <laughs> yeah, boy. We're looking at smelling disease, <laughs> overcoming hard times, and how to fuck up your life. Yep, so if you want advice F-bomb. on how to fuck... If you, want, if you want advice on how to fuck up your life, continue listening because we're going to tell you. Okay? Yes. Or, this is the other way to do it, get all your money, put it on black at the casino. Oh, you won't win. Okay. Shall we hit the formatted questions? Yes. So we ask these questions every week as a way of kind of just gauging. I've done, we're doing more hand, mo- hand mo- mo- movements. Movements. Hand movements because... As you will have learned on last week's episode, I like to gesticulate. Gesticulate it is <clears throat> and 50 quid. When this podcast goes video as well as audio, you'll be able to see that I talk with my hands. He does talk with his hands. I'm doing it right now. Sometimes I talk with just my hands, and that doesn't translate to a podcast. No, it does not. But so. it will translate to a video. So at some point, we're going to like have a YouTube channel. Ooh. At some point. At some point. At some point, we'll have a book. Book. For all you nerds out there. For all you readers. <laughs> all you people who like to get your little eyes on some some words on a, on a page. Um, but yeah, the YouTube channel will probably be coming at some point. Oh, I want to say... I want to say next year. I want to say next year. But That's a thing. I'm so impatient that I will probably start doing it earlier than that. Probably. He definitely no, he definitely will. Yeah. Um so Craig. Yes. Tell me what's something that made you like a little bit I want to gauge where you're at, right? So tell me something that made you like a little bit Annoyed, a little bit frustrated this week. Is it about hockey? (laughs) Stop reading my phone. Yes, it is. And I'm even more frustrated now before we record this one. Uh, So the Stanley... So it links with my happy. So my happy is I'm really happy that the Stanley Cup playoffs started. Okay, so you... Talk to me about what the sport is. So I'm a big ice hockey fan. Okay, so they skid around on Um, knives. The men, the buff men piece where armor... Hold on, buff in what way? (laughs) Are you attracted to ice hockey skaters? You are, are Strong, dense men. So so welcome to the Manifest Simplicity (laughs) podcast where Craig talks about his love for burly men on ice. (laughs) Have you seen Frozen? (laughs) No, I've not. Oh my God, you quite like it. (laughs) The burly men on ice skate around on their little blades, knife blades. Blady uh, feet. Blady feet, wearing, wielding a giant wooden stick. and A bendy wood stick. A bendy wood stick. And they smack around little black dot. A little... Into the goal piece. 
It's ice hockey, right? Yeah, it's ice hockey. Have you seen Mighty Ducks? I have seen, obviously, I've seen Mighty Ducks. Have you seen Mighty Ducks 2? I have seen Mighty Ducks 2. Have you seen Mighty Ducks 3? I've seen all of them. Oh my God, I love Mighty Ducks! Uh, Um, So talk to me about what's happening with your team. So, I mean, I'm happy. The Stanley Cup is the bracket system at the end of the season that the the top teams make it into. Uh, It's like like the FA Cup for hockey. It is. Uh, the two divisions play against each other and uh, there'll, there'll be a winner from each division, a uh, winning team, and they'll play off for the for the Stanley Cup. Okay. So my team, the Pittsburgh Penguins... Are the Pittsburgh what? The Pittsburgh Penguins. <laughs> Get your worms right. <laughs> worms right. <laughs> the the talk, Pittsburgh talk Penguins worms, are currently playing the New York Islanders who have... Made it to the playoffs this season uh, after beefing their team. Where did where did New York get ice from? The they have an arena. They don't just play on, on the park or the local lake. Central Park. They just freeze that and then. No, that would be where the Rangers play. What? There's two teams in New York. No. So if you not noticed this about New York, they love two teams. So they've got in NFL American sports football. It's not a foot and you don't it's not a ball. It's, it's not, called hand egg. Yeah, hand egg. They leathery hand egg. They have the New York Islanders. Uh, sorry, no, the New York Jets and the New York Giants. What about in basketball? Uh it is the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Jets. No, Brooklyn Nets. What about in baseball? I don't know baseball. That can burn. <laughs> New York Yankees. Oh yeah. And the new Dunno. Something else. Technically, there's uh, another hockey team, the New Jersey Devils as well. Oh, I like those ones. They have, they have their J. The J is a devil's tail. It is a devil's tail. I've seen that on that logo game. You've seen the logo game? No. It's an app, right? It's called Logos Quiz. They show you a logo. You have to tell them what it's for. I got some of those right. Well, yeah, anyway, the thing that has frustrated me is that my team, who a few years back won the Stanley Cup twice in a row, two years running, are currently losing, as of today, 3-0 and to the New York Islanders. Okay, so you're getting... The recently getting buffed beaten. team. So basically, they just, like, they bought loads of good players. What The thing with American sports that makes me happy is there's a player, there's a salary cap per team, Ooh, and yeah. it's always We need that in the Premier League. 100%. And it would make the sport so much better. Like so, it, but it's all based normally, I think, on the lo- from what I understand of it, the lower the team with the lowest amount of money's cap. Ooh. So you can't have a team that's got a big investor, big owner, and that's just willing to throw money into yeah, it. That's it's what always based the on the lowest. The, exactly. the, the team with the most money wins, and that's what annoys me. Um, but yeah, they're currently losing. Uh, it's best of seven. So if we lose the next game, it's game over for the Penguins. This is coming out at the beginning of May, so will it all be over by then? Uh, no, no. Sheesh, does it take a long time? Yeah. Uh, well, there's, uh, I think there's three rounds before you get to the final in the Stanley Cup. Okay. So another another bracket system that has been really interesting for me recently is my favorite comedian is a guy called Theo Vaughn. Who okay. is, uh, he's from um, Louisiana in like deep South America. Ah, the deep South, boy. And his podcast is called This Past Weekend. And I just got Liam in it into it for a oh while. okay and we were, uh, we shared an airpod system and we listened to a little snippet of it the other day and he was wetting himself so he's now mm. into it as well and they're he's currently doing a state wars march madness right so there is him and another comedian um over the course of a few different interviews and they discuss which states 
would win in a, like an actual civil war. Oh, right. <laughs> so they're just hypothesizing that, oh, would um, Texas beat uh, New, New York? York? Yeah, and they're like, of course Texas would. They've got all the oil. They've got a lot of guns and they're the biggest state. So then they like have a big discussion about which one's oh, going to win. interesting. And um, that's been keeping me There was a TV show that was something similar like that a while back. Uh, it was like post-apocalyptic and it was, there'd be a group from Texas, a group from, a gr- basically a group from each state. And it was kind of like, well, like a, an army or a faction from each state. And it yeah. was kind of like who would win. Yeah. Uh, not all the states were involved, but there was like, obviously big players like Texas were in there and stuff. Yeah. And they were saying that like... Um, there and people will like phone in and fight the case for their state and a guy right. a guy phoned in for virginia and said like well, well that's where the cia is based so like we just basically all of you will be buggered because we've got the cia <laughs> and someone was like um alaska well basically we live off the land and we're all hunters and we could just come and hunt you but then someone was like well there's literally only 700,000 people in Alaska so if you try to <laughs> if you try to take on any others like i think Alaska were up against California which has got like 40 million people in it <laughs> and they said that basically Alaska would come and they'd take over San Francisco and then they'd try to get across the bay and it just wouldn't happen no um so yeah that was that's that's really entertaining as well that sounds good actually yeah, it's, Theo it's called this past weekend the guy yeah. is hilarious but yeah so hopefully we pull it back because we're at home now so they play two games away two games at home okay and then it's away at home away at home okay uh, so they keep it even i think because the islanders went first they get an extra game at home uh, okay so it's now two games at the in pittsburgh and uh, we're currently losing one of those so if we lose on tuesday morning uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, and uh, it's game, game over. Game over. Game over. But I do, there are two other teams I quite like to follow okay. in the other division. I don't know. Okay, oh. I don't know if you're allowed to have. You know, this is like, oh, I support Arsenal, but oh, yeah, but I also will support Chelsea and Man United. <laughs> no, see, because I'm are not. Are they worse teams? I get that. Um, even, all even. Mm. But I'm, because I'm not from the States. I feel it's okay to like the other teams. I'm like, yeah, I hope you do well. And I generally like the theme of the teams and I like the the players within the team. So I'm kind of like, yeah, I hope you do well. But there are some teams I really just don't like. And me and Mike, aka Mr. Sizz, hate Boston Bruins. Hate them. I if, hate it. If I was a basketball fan at any point in my life... Don't say you're a Boston Celtics fan. I would be a Boston no, Celtics fan. this podcast fan. is done. Right, everyone, I'm off. Right. See, you, see you later, bye. So the reason is because when I got into it was when Ray Allen was in his prime. Oh, yeah, okay. He was in his prime. And my favourite thing to watch people do in a, in a basketball game is get the ball, forget that anything else is going on and just shoot from really long distance. <laughs> And Ray Allen was like the king of the three-point shot. And Uh, then they also had Shaq at one point. And they also had um, Rajon Rondo. Rajon Rondo, yeah. And Kevin Garnett and Big Baby. And they had a few other like sick players in that kind of era. Maybe like four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, So if I was going to support a team, it would be the Boston Celtics. I mean, okay. Shit choice, but yeah, fair game. Okay, well look, like I can't help who I support. It's like I support Arsenal in the Premier League, but it means nothing because Arsenal are not doing great. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that the Celtics are a good team, but this is what, it, what what's good with American sports. Like the Islanders, for the last few years, have been mediocre, not been great. 
But the Rangers, the other New York team, have done well. Whereas the Islanders spent so much of the off-season doing a lot of trades and beefing their team up. They're actually doing really, really well now. And this is a sports podcast now, so if you wanted to hear about minimalism, the last 12 minutes of your life have been wasted because all we've talked about is bloody sports. Okay, so so you've done your good and your bad. In yeah, one. mix of mix of both. I'm, I'm upset that the Penguins are not winning, uh, doing as well as they should, but I'm also very happy that the playoffs have started because it's always exciting. Okay, who's your shout-out for? My shout-out this week is for Mr. Dobby himself, Mr. Oh, Drew. my gosh. So there is a guy that we work with called Drew. And he looks exactly like Dobby the house elf. And there is a particular picture of him which looks exactly like Dobby the house Dobby elf. Dobby the house elf. Um, if we were allowed to post pictures of us at work, we would post the picture somewhere, but we're definitely not allowed. We're definitely not. Um, but if you just imagine Dobby the house elf working in technical support... That's what he looks like. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, but no, my shout out for Drew is we've been playing uh, video games together for the last few weeks. And uh, I've, it's been fun. I've really enjoyed it. I've not had to put any money into it. It's like a free game. Oh, good. Um, and yeah, no, I'm really enjoying it. It's good for me. I'm enjoying playing it with him. He's a good laugh and relaxed to play it with. So yeah, no, it's good. Uh, so shout out to Drew. What's the game called? Apex Legends. It's the new free battle royale type game, first person game that came out. Okay. And uh, how many people play this game? A lot. A lot, a lot. A lot, a lot of people. If you listen to this podcast and you play that game, tell us so that Craig can add you on the game. Is that a thing you can do? I think so. You yeah. can like add each other? I can add, yeah. Okay. On cool. PlayStation. Um, so we put a shout out, I mean, not a shout out, a call out last week for if you listen to this podcast, um, we want to know who you are. So we get like a few people every once in a while will be like, oh, I listened to the podcast and I, re- I liked it. And then you're like, oh, okay, cool. Well, that's amazing. Um, but we can't use your talking to us on the podcast. So what we'd like to do, if possible, is get you to email in a little voice message, um, record a voice message saying who you are, where and when you listen to the podcast and what you like about it and kind of just give us a little bit of feedback, which will be really, really nice. Um, so record it on your voice notes on your phone and email it to hello at manifestsimplicity.com and we'll include it in the show and then we'll like comment in it and it'll be hilarious. Um, it'll be a whole new section. It'll be a new segment of... Um, Manifest Simplicity. People who left voice notes and that would be hilarious because we'll play them and then we'll comment on them and then we'll talk about you and then we'll roast you okay should we get to the news because it's time for some good news i'd like good news please sir we like to share good news because there's lots of bad bad news bad bad news we don't like bad news (laughs) um basically the reason we do good news is because there's so much negativity being shared in the media and on the internet that we feel we can make a little dent in that by sharing things that are great um, so would you like to go second or uh, so would you like to go second or after me? I'd like to go given the choice probably after you. Okay, so years after she smells Parkinson's disease on her husband, woman is now paving the way for early detection test. Ooh. Right, so you did a I did one about a dog that could back smell w- back when we started this podcast, Craig did a news segment about a dog that smelled a returning cancer in its owner, mm. right? Sick, well done dog. I'm gonna one up you, I'm hitting you with a human. No, oh, go right. on. This woman's keen sense of smell is being used to develop a tool that could be a major step for, forward in detecting and treating Parkinson's disease. 
Joy Milne is a retired nurse who possesses a very singular talent. She is capable of smelling Parkinson's disease in other people. Ooh. So she's given a good whiff whiff. A good whiff whiff. She goes, yep, you got Parkinson's. Oh. What? How? What? How is she supposed to... What? Okay, the 68-year-old from Perth, Scotland. Is she from Scotland? Ah! First court sense of... Hi, pal, you've got fucking Parkinson's. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why? Can you imagine if that's how she told you? Why would you be so aggressive with it, though? <laughs> I can't be a female Scottishman. Scot... A female Scotsman, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> the 68-year-old from Perth, Scotland, first caught scent of the disease's musky, oily odour when she smelled it on her now-late husband, Les. Twelve years after she first detected the smell, he was diagnosed with Parkinson's at age 45. Ooh. And then she went into a room. Uh, oh, she went to, like, an event where there was lots of people with Parkinson's in the room and the smell was, like, overwhelming for her. So she got in touch with some Parkinson's researchers and um, said, basically, I can smell Parkinson's before it happens. And boom, they're using her nose to put together a detection test that will mean they can detect it much Ooh, earlier. Oh, nice. And they can now. How sick is that? So her nose is smarter than science. That is really good. Pretty sick, right? I like that. It's almost as good as the dog story, but I feel it's lacking. Uh, mine's better because it was a human. And what's your favourite smell? Um, I'd probably say like so. I drive to work past a Kellogg's factory each morning, mm -hmm. and oh yeah, I can imagine that's good. What's your favourite Kellogg's cereal? Probably crunchy nut clusters. Has to be clusters. Boom. We just high fived. Have you ever had the chocolate ones? Yes, they're good as well. We high fived, but that was a little less enthusiastic. Um, I like crunching out of all types, um, except fruit. Get fruit out of my cereal. Oh, I don't mind fruit. No fruit for me. I want chocolate or I want grains, and that's it. Oh, grains. I love grains. Yeah, we're favourite. I also like Cheerios. Not made by the same company, is it? Oh. It's made by Nestle. It is, yes. Wheatos. What are Wheatos made? Who are Wheatos made by? Don't, 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 don't care. Don't Bung the Wheatos. <laughs> Wheatos are also very, very good, though. Um, so, yeah, this woman can smell Parkinson's. Joy Mel, if, if you want to have a quick whiff of this bad boy over here, <laughs> just want to make sure I'm good to go. Hi, pal, you've got it. Hi, pal, it seems as if you might have Parkinson's, lad. I'm giving her all I've got, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> she gets a whiff off that hitter, and she's like, yep, Parkinson's on its way. you got 12 years. <laughs> wow. She's amazing. Uh, she's pretty Power sick. of the nose, eh? Power of the schnoz. The, the Scottish schnoz that detects Parkinson's. Okay, hit me with your news. So, my news is about a lady called Sarah Gadd. Uh, and the title is, My drug overdose saved my life, now I'm saving others. Sheesh kebab. So, Sarah Gadd was in medical school when she first prescribed... She was first prescribed opioids Ugh. countless jail stints and one overdose later and she found the treatment that helped her get sober so the opioid epidemic in america is ridiculous it's huge right so there's there's entire um there's entire cities that are just overtaken by opioid overdoses um i believe that um oh shish kebab where are they from mm. 
Where are Josh and Ryan from? Uh, Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio has a pretty bad, oh, um, a pretty bad opioid, opioid. epidemic. Um, I believe also potentially um, the place that has lots of guns. Also, um, it's called Detroit. No, I can't remember. Um, Baltimore. Oh yes, I believe Baltimore has a very big issue with it. Um, but tell me about what's going on here. Hit me. So Sarah Gad is a very clever individual whose life was turned, flip turned upside down uh, by opioids. Okay. They, I'm just sorry, I'm just trying to find on here. Uh, okay, I was booked into jail with an addiction and released with an addiction plus PTSD, a traumatic brain injury, broken nose, and four-inch stab wound. Sick. So, yeah, she was, like, not... Like, she became addicted to the opioids. She had a... I'm just trying to find out what degree it was that she had. And... So, opioid overdose... Here we go, some facts. Just a little bit of facts. Opioid overdoses accounted for more than 42,000 deaths in 2016, more than any previous year on record, and obviously it must have gone up since then. An estimated 40% of opioid overdose deaths involved a prescription opioid. So they prescribe you these things to help you get over some addiction or some problem you have, but you just get addicted to them, and then they end up killing you. Awesome. That's good, isn't it? Yeah, no, not great. Absolute shite. Uh, so, yeah, no, this girl was basically in a car accident. She was in medical school at the time, so right. she hadn't got a degree at this point. Yeah. She was in a car accident and was prescribed opioids for, like, pain and relief yeah. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, yeah, all the doctors thought, oh, they assured the the authorities that people wouldn't get addicted to them. So they're like, oh, okay, cool. And then they just, start, <laughs> they just started prescribing them to people and saying, this will help you deal with the pain, but it also, <laughs> also may become addictive. Yeah, but, uh, well, this is what this is what happened to her. So yeah. she was waking up each day. She was relying on the opioids, and it got to the point where she'd wake up. First thing she would do is reach for an opioid in the bottle, and it would be the case that she'd end up just taking one, even if she was or wasn't in pain. It was crazy. Yeah, and um, she started to notice a pattern in her behaviour, and she was like, "Oh well." Uh, there's nothing wrong with me. Uh, obviously, as a medical student, you'd be like, oh, well, surely I'd be getting some effects from this. No, I'm absolutely fine. She felt that she would be immune to it um, as a medical student, but that obviously was not the case. And she was, yeah, she quickly found herself addicted, in and out of jail. Crazy. She then would have to go cold turkey on it and remember she'd stashed some, uh, I think it was about 10 milligram of opioid uh, or Oxycontin in a VHS tape like box remember the boxes these come in yeah. she'd stash them in that and ended up going for that and like next thing she knew she woke up in an ambulance uh, on her way to the hospital and it just completely changed her life like right. she was like it being in and out of jail so much there is no system for yeah. su substance 100%. addiction yeah, yeah, yeah. or yeah, there's support just nothing. there's just no support there and that's what she's looking to do now so she is looking to the article's very long but I am going to post it um She's basically started a one-woman effort. It has evolved into an organisation of five powerful women, including two physicians, one rehabilitation psychologist, and one attorney. Mm -hmm. uh, they've teamed up with two prominent criminal justice organisations in Chicago, the Women's Justice Institute and the Chicago Urban League, both of which promote decarceration and harm reduction in women and of interest in making... 
uh, MAT accessible to opioid addicts, not just in the correctional facilities, but everywhere. So yeah, this, this woman's basically in a movement to help addiction towards opioids, basically. Uh, yeah. Predominantly in women, but based on her experiences, she wants to help fight and reduce that and give better awareness and support to those struggling with the addiction so Amazing. fair so, play and it's all it's not just coming Sarah from a Gad, place you're killing it it's not just coming from a place of oh i want to do this it's coming from a place of well i've been through this here's my experience yeah, like, that think, was awful here we go i think i think the best the, the people who are best equipped to help are the people who have been through those experiences themselves um so sarah gad absolutely incredible job we will definitely post the it's a long article. yeah it's a long is one. it a long read yeah but have a have a good read okay so <laughs> that is all i was just reminded of a louis through documentary that followed this exact um exact issue uh, it's called heroin town it was broadcast on the 8th of october 2017 and basically louis through looks at america's love affair with prescription painkillers and that the fact that that love affair has led to widespread dependency on opiates um, it's called Heroin Town, and it's part of the Dark States series. So if you are wanting to watch something really, really interesting um, about kind of overdosing and kind of the, the fact that the police basically can't cope with the amount of things that are happening, um, with the amount of cases of overdose in these specific cities in America. Um, so really, really interesting if you want to read a little bit more, uh, watch a bit more. And if you want to read, we'll post the article as well. So check the show notes. If you go to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash podcast, you can check out the um, show notes for the podcast. Craig diligently updates them on a regular basis, meaning that if you need a little more information or you want to read something that we've talked about or kind of just check in on some ridiculous marble run or something from last week or a book we reference then you can head to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash podcast and all of the notes are there for you wonderful yeah so what's this week's essay a bit out um so this week's essay is called low and it is about overcoming um times of adversity in order to push forward um, and knowing that your low times are not what define you, but in fact, what defines you is the way you move through them into um, your future. So it's called Low. It's a very, very short read. So when we say we roast, we post short thoughts, this would be... We roast. We roast, we roast some this short thoughts. This would be thoughts. an example of a short thought, not a longer essay. However, we'll do that thing that we always do, which is when we post two or th two essays a week. And this week we will post this one. We will also post one called Obstacles, um, which is uh, has the tagline, well, that didn't go to plan. Awesome. Um, so you can read Obstacles midway through this week. Um, we, the essay for Low came out on Friday. Joint you're, feature. Joint feature. You're listening to this on Monday. Monday. And on Wednesday, Obstacles will come out. Yes. Wonderful. Let's read low and then we'll have a quick chat about what this means. Um, okay, so this is low. If you head to manifestsimplicity.com forward slash low, you can read this essay. Um, and if you do want to comment on it, please do shoot us an email. Hello at manifestsimplicity.com. Find us on the interweb somewhere and comment on a picture or do whatever. Get in touch with us because we really want to hear what you think and your perspective on these issues and these um, understandings. So get in touch. We want to start a conversation that leads to... Um, yeah, if we can be discussing these things more, all we all it means is that 
um, more people are aware. Um, so yeah, let's let's start a conversation. If you want to get in touch to discuss any of the things we talked about on the podcast, please do email us hello at manifestsimplicity.com and we will either email you back and start a conversation or we'll ask you to if we can use it on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We okay. want to get the readers involved, yeah. We want to get the people involved. Okay, this is low. Our lives are made up of ups and downs. Part of our ongoing journey involves pushing through the lows in order to allow ourselves to take advantage of the highs. If there are no ups and downs in your life, you are dead. Life is a hike. You start out at the trailhead and if you have prepared correctly, thanks parents, you're ready for whatever challenges arise. But even if you're ready and trained and enthusiastic, at some point on this journey, you'll find yourself in a valley. Surrounded by cliffs, the sun beats down relentless as the buzzards circle above. And we realize that we cannot see past our immediate situation. The walls of rock on both sides are a cage, a roadblock for our forward movement. But there is always a path leading out of the valley into the next phase of life. The trail to the top is never easy, but we appreciate the view from the ridge much more if we know how hard the road was to get there. Ooh, that was, yeah, it's a very short It's one. a very short one. I think, I think we have probably touched on this before because we, we did an essay called Overcoming, which was kind of touched on the same subject. But I think um, this came out of reading this quote, if there are no ups and downs in your life, you are dead. And then realizing that one of the things I love doing is running up and down mountains. And there was probably a, meta <laughs> there was probably yeah. a metaphor in there to be found. Um, so the, the idea behind this is that Yes, at some point you are going to find yourself in a in a situation that appears to be insurmountable. You're going to be at a job that you feel like you're stuck in. You're going to be in a relationship that you, where you feel like you can't tolerate the other person anymore. You're going to be in a financial situation where you think you need to give up. But think about that situation and then think about overcoming that situation getting out of the valley that you're trapped in and then looking at the valley from the top of the ridge the only way you can appreciate your view from the top of the ridge into that valley having made the journey up there is to understand that is to understand how difficult the road was from the valley to the top of the ridge yeah so the the <clears throat> obviously it's a metaphor, mm. right? We like a metaphor. We love a good metaphor. We love a metaphor on the podcast. So obviously the valley is like a really hard time, a really like tough situation that you're dealing with. And the top of the ridge is you having overcome the situation. Now, the, the, it's very easy to look from the valley to the ridge and say that's insurmountable and that's not doable. But there is always a, a road from where you are to where you need to be. It just takes sometimes either really really hard work or really really hard work combined with luck or it takes someone showing you the road that you didn't yeah, know like was already there i've traveled this path before here's where i went or well, metaphorical path yeah but i think some of it comes down to focusing on what is essential to you as well and yeah. not saying yes to everything mm -hmm. so sometimes getting 
in one of those situations, being in the valley, so to speak, in this situation, is working out which of the many paths ahead of you you could take to reach the top of the mountain. Oh God, that's so good. Yeah. Um, and it's, you could say, the one path you say yes to, you're then saying no to a lot of <sighs> other paths. Yeah. So yeah. it's about how you get to the top of the mountain. Not necessarily to say there's one path, there are multiple different paths, and it's how you determine your own individual way up there yeah. and not just say yes to every path because by saying yes to every path you might get a few meters into each path and go well actually no i don't want to go this way oh yeah i've said yes to go the other way so i need to turn around go back go into the yeah. other way uh -huh. whereas if you say yes and focus on that one individual path you will eventually make it to the top of the mountain so i think it's as well about being focused and saying yes to the right things yeah and not yes to everything yeah i think i think you've added an extra dimension which is amazing like the what you're talking about is like choice paralysis mm -hmm. it's like if you have 15 options and someone says pick one you're you then have to think about 15 different options but if you just pick one and you commit to it yeah it might not lead you to where you want to go but you committed to it and you at least know where that where that road takes you. Yeah, and your focus is on that one road. Yeah. But not to say disregard the other 14 options. Think about the other 14 options. Think about will they benefit you? How will they benefit you? Will you enjoy them? Will you be passionate about them? Will you, in, in fact, want to take that road instead? What makes the road you want to choose more desirable than the others? And then while doing so... By pick by exploring all fifteen options, the one that you pick will be the one that you determine to be most essential and most enjoyable by your own determination. Yeah. And I think I think in order you can kind of I think the analogy I mean this is an ever expanding analogy of of being in the valley and looking to get to the 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 top to look then look back and see how far you've come. If you're stood in a clearing and there's lots of paths around you, mm -hmm. surely you take the one which looks as if it's going towards where you want to be. Yeah, true. I think if you're if you're in a situation where you're, I don't know, like, I mean, from personal experience, you're in a situation where you feel like you're not being fulfilled or you're not being listened to or you're kind of, yeah, someone's hammering you with some... Um, with their opinion of what you should be doing next, mm -hmm. um, it's it can make the it may, can make choosing difficult. But all you've got to do is head in the direction of the place you want to be. It might not be the exact right road, but if you're heading in the right direction, having committed to one of your choices, yeah. and like this is where I want to go, where I can go is up there, and I can see it. If I want to get there, it looks look it looks like I have to go this way because this is the kind of it's pointing in that direction. Um, I think it's also important to know where you're looking at in order for you to make that decision. So if you're in a situation, if you're in situation A and you want to get to situation B, A being the valley and B being the peak, you have to know what B is before you can aim for it. True, correct. Yeah. If you're not just aimlessly correct, yeah, you path. could go down all fifteen roads and none of them could take you where you want to go because you don't know because where you've you not decided go, yeah. yet. Um, but if you've got your kind of your outcome or your goal somewhere, you can then say, well, this road took me close to it, but I didn't quite get there. So let's try a different way. I think not making a decision is is probably the worst thing you can do for yourself. Because oh, if yeah. you don't make a decision, someone or something, someone else or something else will make that decision for you. Yeah. So if you go, oh, I'm not sure, and you sit on the fence for ages, 
something or someone else will come along and make that decision for you. Yeah, I think, yeah, and may and take away it. and may take away the option that leads you where you want to get yeah, to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, I think the, the, the way this plays out is interesting because you, once you have got to the top, it's only when you reach the top that you can look back and go, oh, look at all those, all the, look at the path I've just come up. Mm. That path was really <clears> tough. <throat> But it was the right one because it got to me. Yeah, and I'm happy and I'm where I am now um, because of that path. Yeah, but you, it's weird because I've been talking about this quite a lot recently. You're where you, you know kind of where you want to be. And you know also that where, and you know also where you are. But all of the stuff in the middle is a mystery until you attack it. Yeah. Like all of the stuff in the middle is, is not mapped out before you. And it, all it takes is for you to kind of move and like move forward in order to see what's next and then what's next and then what's next and then what's next but yes you could stick in the clearing in the valley and be kind of overwhelmed by all the sides mm -hmm. and all the kind of peaks around you but if you never pick a path like you say like indecisiveness is the worst thing you can do yeah definitely if you never pick one you never work out where it goes um so there's so many like analogies in here, mm. which is why I think it's important for us to kind of expand on it a little bit. Um, so when we post obstacles, it will be a kind of response to this essay. Um, and I think it links perfectly with minimalism because it's kind of like, well, what do you want that both in the highs and the lows of life will give you what you need mm -hmm. and not just fill fill you with sort of happiness in the lows mm -hmm. and sustain that in the highs. Like what what will be most useful to you across both dimensions of the metaphor. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it's all about dwindling down what you need and not what you want. Yeah. And then the what you want comes additionally to that. Mm -hmm. And I think, <clears throat> I think, um, yeah, it's, to look at it from a minimalist perspective, it's like, can you can you get rid of some of those options straight out the gate? I don't agree with the morals of that choice, so I'm not going to be doing that. I don't that that goes against everything I stand for, so I won't be doing that. That involves me purchasing a new thing, so I'm not going to be doing that. Yeah. Therefore, I've kind of got it down to th three or four options. Now I kind of have an easier decision to make because I've kind mm -hmm. of eliminated all the stuff that I either don't agree with or looks as if it's leading me to a path of something that I don't want to... And that's why exploring all the options, rather than just jumping yes on all of them, yeah, you will later down the line dwindle down to those three or four, but you could do that straight off the bat by exploring in your mind or on paper Yeah, all of those in options theory, first. Yeah. that one leads me to this, that one leads me to this, I don't want to be doing either of those things. Yeah, I don't want to buy something new because I'm a minimalist, so I, I'm... Why and unless you can validate the purchase, then you 100% need it. Yeah. Or it's going to help your add value in any way. Why? Why buy it? Yeah. So you know. So the 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 if there are no ups and downs in your life, you are dead. Analogy comes in because if you have got from the valley to the ridge, the path you have taken to get there is rarely a very easy straight line. Yeah. Um, and if it was. When you got to the top, you wouldn't appreciate the situation as much as you would if it was a difficult journey. Yeah, because it's like it's been handed to you, you've not worked for it. 100%. So I feel like often in our situations, if someone handed us the thing that we wanted straight away, we would 
I don't know if you would resent the situation, but you definitely wouldn't feel as much satisfaction as you would if you had worked hard to get there. And I don't think you'd have earned the respect of peers. And I think the same goes for promotion. I think if you automatically... 100%. If you put this in a work context. Yeah, so if you were automatically... Say you started a new job and you were... I don't know. You were a builder. And you wanted to be site manager. Say you started as a builder and you'd worked really, really hard for years and years and years and you'd worked up and you were like site supervisor and you really wanted to work towards site manager and then somebody comes in external, uh, or no, somebody comes in, gets promoted or gets given straight into site management and that's them. Like they're not going to enjoy that job or do as good a job. Well, maybe maybe necessarily not in the terms of the context of the work, but they're, they're certainly going to take for granted that job over someone that will have worked their way up from the bottom towards that job Yeah. because they've just been given it yeah. as a job. Yeah, like the the son of the guy who runs the company. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like he's not he's going to appreciate the job as much as the person exactly. who worked hard to get exactly. it. Exactly. The um, guy that started at the bottom understands what's required, what's needed and what's supposed to happen as opposed to the kid that's just been told what to do by his dad that's done the job for the last 30, 40 years. Like, yeah. yeah, it's 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 taking it for granted and not appreciating what it is, whereas working for it, you appreciate it more. Yeah, when was the last time you were in a situation where you felt like you were in a valley and there was a ridge that you were aiming for? Um, I think with minimalism for me, it was, I started at the bottom of the valley because I used to be quite, not a big purchaser, but if I wanted something, I'd be a bit more frivolous with it than I am now the discipline okay. of working out what's essential and what's needed and not just going oh I'll just buy that like my amazon account hasn't been Ooh. used a lot over the last sort of four or five months compared yeah. to last year if i were to look at receipts from last year to this year you know not a huge amount has changed but i'd buy little things here and there but like, oh yeah there, there's a 10 pound there 10 pound here 10 pound there and it's like it works out to be overall quite a lot of extra little purchases lying around that I actually don't use as often. Yeah. So when purging a lot of the stuff that I own the excess, I actually cleared a lot of that stuff out that I'd had less than 12 months and I was yeah. like, yeah, I don't need this anymore. It was, it yeah. helped at the time, but now I've got ex- in excess of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd probably say with minimalism, I'm still on that journey, that yeah. trail. I've not reached the peak. I don't think there's yeah. still work and I don't think I ever will reach the peak anytime soon, but mm. Do you think do you think you ever get there, or when you get there, do you do you then realize that you're there's always there's, another there's, there's always another one. There there's always somewhere else you could be going. I watched the Star Wars prequels recently. Oh yeah, I don't know why they're not good. <laughs> Number one's not good. No, Jar Jar Binks ruins Star Wars. I'm throwing it out there. Jar Jar Binks ruins Star Wars. I think Wars. I think you're not. Yeah, that's you're, consensus. Right? It's everyone safe the, to throw out. Everyone understands that. Anyway. The bit where they leave the Gungan city in the little underwater boat and the, a fish tries to attack them and then a giant fish attacks that fish mm-hmm. and then Qui-Gon Jinn says, there's always a bigger fish. That applies in this situation because even if you reach the peak, there's always somewhere else you could be going. Yeah. Um, so I think you're right. Like You never actually get there. You might sit comfortable on that yes, peak but, for a but, while. But in situ- situation to situation, it does make sense that there's a goal for you the road's going to be difficult, but the, that's the point that you're supposed to... This, if it was easy, you wouldn't appreciate it as much. And you need to take time on that peak to reflect on where you are. Is the path you're on the right one for you? Do I take a different path this time and 
pursue something else or yeah. am I happy with where I'm going? Do I want to keep working up this path? Or, yeah. I think yeah. for me, it's kind of been uh, my, my most recent, um, yeah, my most recent version of, of this, where I am to where I want to be situation is uh, music writing. Oh um, yeah, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago. Didn't yeah, we? so I have only just really got into back into writing music again. I used to I, I used to spend all of my time writing music. Mm -hmm. It was kind of my job, and I would I then spent kind of six or seven years over analyzing everything I ever listened to, right. thinking, oh, what was this produced in, and what chords did they use, and where did they? How did they mix that? Yeah, and what section is this, and if they kind of yeah. So I was kind of overthinking everything, and it made it turned music into a kind of annoyance because mm. I was just over analyze everything um, however when um, I wanted to get back into it again I have this ultimate goal which would be to I've let my and I've let the guys from home know I've got new music coming so I've written four or five cool ideas now I'm sending to them on whatsapp and being like this is the new music get some ideas together kind of get your brains working mm -hmm. just be aware of it because at the end of this year or in summer next year, I want to get together for a weekend and record them all. Um, that's my peak. That's where I want to go. Yeah. Currently, I'm kind of just going down this path. <laughs> like I'm just... You're gestating again. I'm gesticulating again. Yes, I'm, not gestating. Yeah, what's gestating? I don't know. <laughs> Quick, look it up. Hey Siri, what's gestating? Nope, it's no idea. Oh. It's displayed on your iPhone. What is it? Um, have the idea for. Oh, okay. Be pregnant with. <laughs> oh. You are being pregnant with. Yeah, my hands. Yes. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm uh, just heading down this kind of, this different path, which involves me not owning lots of fancy studio equipment, but in fact recording directly into my iPhone, having just played my guitar and sung, which is something I've not done since I was 13, or like, yeah, like 14, 15, 13, 14. 15. When you told the paper round to just yeah, well, shove it up or I told the paper round to sod off. Um, the, yeah, so I'm kind of just heading down this road and it's, and I know it's gonna be much more hard work because I don't have the ability to record lots of fancy demos and get it all sounding beautiful now. Um, so it's going to be hard work because I, I haven't I haven't got all the fancy equipment I used to have because I don't need it really. I can still write music without it. It just means that the road will be a little more difficult. But once I get there and we're all stood in a in a room in Harrow and all of my favourite musical people are stood around me playing songs I wrote, it's going to look pretty flipping good from the top of the valley. Yeah, like the reward of getting to the top of the valley out of the valley to the top of the peak, sorry, is going to be amazing. Yeah. You're going to feel good there for a while before you're like, right, I've done this for a while now. I've sat on my peak. I've enjoyed it. I've reflected. Yeah. Where do I go from here? Ah, I want to do this. Yeah. You might just be happy walking across the peak, but then you might also want to climb that extra little mile yeah, yeah, to yeah. get, you know. Yeah, do we, there. do it when we get there and we've recorded it. Oh, cool. It sounds great. Do we release it? Do we? Yeah. What, what do I do with the music? Do we go and tour? And do you might we... have that at the back of your mind, but you've then got the decisions which is more important to yeah. me do i release it do i tour with it do i 
send it to my friends? You know, what, what do you do with it next? Yeah, and I think the only way for you to, yeah, you're, I think you're for, for sure you're right. The only way for you to make those decisions is to reflect on where you've been and the journey and kind of then decide whether those doing those things is the right thing. Like, am I, am I writing all these songs because I want to get rich and famous and tour in a big band? Not really. I'm writing these songs because finally I, I feel something that I can put into music and I'm kind of going through a load of stuff that makes more sense when put to chords. And I've not done that for five, six years. And it's amazing to finally be able to sit down with a guitar and go, oh, look, songs are coming out, um, which is amazing. But also, like, I'm not, my goal isn't to become the next John Mayer. My goal is to get all these songs sounding really good and then record them with my friends. Like, once I've done that, I can then reflect on the process and go, oh, cool. So these songs now sound really good. And they've been recorded by, in a way that I'm really happy with, by my favorite musical people. Uh, what do we do now? Let's kind of assess where we are and work mm -hmm. out where we want to go from here. Yes. Um, so reflection. Self-reflection. 100%. Um, so it's a really, really interesting topic. We, uh, we, I feel like we should probably explore this more. So maybe we'll, um, we'll come back and do a part two. Uh, low part two, maybe. I don't know. Oh. Um, so, uh, yeah, so this essay, Low, will be up on the website now. It came out on Friday, so you should have already read it, really. Um, this podcast came out on Monday. You might even be listening to it on Monday. You, you might... could even listen to it right this second. You could be listening to it right now. Oh, my God. Or oh, very early Monday morning. Yeah. You are listening to it. Correct. Um, and thank you to the one person that listens to it on iTunes for desktop. Yeah, it's always one of you. We have no idea who it is. So this is why we want to find out who our listeners are, right? Because every we... morning this goes live on the Monday when Mick posts it, I can guarantee within the first three hours it's live, iTunes desktop. Done. So two people iTunes desktop for uh, refund. I just clicked on refund, right? 44 on Apple Podcasts. Six other, couple on Overcast, Anchor, Stitcher, and two on iTunes Desktop. Who are you on iTunes so Desktop? We want to know basically who our listeners are so that we can kind of, yeah, start a conversation with you. Obviously, it's very difficult because we have a microphone and you just have a phone or a computer. But, um, but we all have mouths. We all have mouths, that's it. And we all have ears. Someone um, at work the other day said, Mick, um, you do talk quite a lot. Um, have you ever thought about the analogy of us having one mouth and two ears and using them to the proportion with which they are on our head? Ooh. And I said, uh, yeah, but I grew up in a, fa a family where everyone's loud. And if, you're la don't, if you don't talk, you don't get heard. Um, and he was like, oh, yeah, me too. And I was like, yeah, well, I mean, I can scale it back, but... I'm going to talk because that's what I like 50 quid. It's 50 quid. Um, so, yes, we want to hear from you. So if you have a comment or a tip for us or you want to just tell us that we're annoying please send us a voice note so record a voice note on your phone and uh email it to hello at manifestsimplicity.com and if it, we if we get good ones we'll include them in the podcast and if you try and airdrop it to us at work or send it to us in an email you're dead to us yeah so just email it to us right hello at manifestsimplicity.com and then we'll use it on the podcast. That'll be sick. Guess what time of the show it is, y'all. It is time for everyone's favourite part of the show. Ask everyone's favourite part of the show. Ask everyone's Anton. Everyone's favourite. <laughs> it's Ask Reddit. Okay, we don't even want to mention what you just said. <laughs> what did I just say? I don't know, but let's hit your question. Go. So, it's a pretty good one. What is the quickest way you've seen someone fuck up their life? 
It's a pretty good one. Um, so let you have a think, and I'll read you the answer I quite liked off Reddit. Okay. Which was, a guy I used to work with told me a story when I asked him why he never drove to work. So one night, he and his buddies got loaded at the club. As they're walking out, he noticed that there was a limo sitting outside with the motor running and no one in sight. So he hops in, tells his buddies that he's going to joyride it around the block, and unfortunately, he's so blitzed, he ended up crashing it into a light a lamppost 100 feet away. Pause and think about the charges that are already amounting here, right? <laughs> so he gets out... So he gets out, starts to stumble away, at which point the officer who was waiting for fur uh, waiting further up the block to catch potential uh, drunken drivers runs down and cuffs his ass. Then he opens the back door and about eight terrified high school students oh, hop no. out. Yep. Uh, turns out they were in there on their way back from prom and the limo driver had, had to stop and swap drivers slash shifts. So in the space of about five minutes, this moron was facing no fewer than five felonies and almost 20 years later still doesn't have a driver's okay, license. Okay, so what felonies has he done? He's stolen a car. Yeah. So that's Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto. He's driving Kidnap. under the... Kidnap. Yes, so he's driving under the influence. Yes, that's two. Kidnap, driving, three. Driving without due care and attention. Three. Four. Kidnapping, four. Uh, what else has he done? Maybe Damage like... to public property by yeah. hitting the lamppost. Yeah. Five. Maybe he resisted arrest. I don't think he will have in the state he was in. Yeah, bruh. That's so, yeah. crazy. So he did mess his life up pretty quickly. Yeah, 20 years later, still can't get a driving license. That's, That's insane. I had kids. Wow. <laughs> no, I love my I kids. I genuinely was like, has he said that on the <laughs> podcast? Wow. No, I, I love my boys, but they are a... They are, when you said 20 years later, I rem <laughs> I'm reminded of the... Um, I think uh, friend, four years later, my friend said to me once, "Is like when you have kids, they're like, oh, okay, cool. So you want to be a dad, right? Cool. Keep this alive for twenty years." <laughs> and yeah, you're like, that's true. Oh, yeah, that's exactly what it is. So when you have kids, you're like, you feel like your life is over, but your life has just begun. Mm. Um, yeah, it was. It, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever done anything that dramatic that's ever like properly effed my life up. Like never. I feel like at I the used to be pretty I feel daft, like at the time but... it feels like things are momentous. Like when you like you break up with a girl or you I don't know, like you smash some window in your parents' car or like you do something and you're like fuck my life is over. Like I'm literally I'm never going to get away the from this. The next 10 years are hell. Like I'm going to be I'm going to feel like this forever or like this has literally changed my life and then three, four, five months later, you're like, oh yeah, I completely forgot. <laughs> yeah. But at the t there are moments and there definitely have been in my life where I'm like, oh, that has literally, everything is different now. Mm. Like everything has changed um, and like my life is ruined. And then you, you kind of like, oh, well, no, it's not really. Like, yeah, nothing, not, when you reflect back, nothing is as worse it's as, not, it, it's as not it could ruined. be. Like I think it's kind of, but I mean that is that example on Reddit is a prime example of how you've met because you're not you've restricted yourself for those five minutes you've restricted yourself from driving for the next twenty years yeah. so you've restricted really where you can live you have to rely on public transport wow. your jobs you can get you know if you need to get to the hospital quick you're like uh, uh you yeah, know, how do you what get, do I how, do, how do, you do? You or how do you take yeah how do you take someone to the hospital that you've then got to wait for the taxi you've restricted yourself in so many ways over a 20 year period that's crazy your jobs you'll have a criminal record oh what did what was that for oh it was for you have to disclose well if you disclose what it is no employer's going to be like well 
this this job involves driving a car or, or like <laughs> yeah. being around cars. No, this, like this job involves working with prom <laughs> people yeah. going high to prom. Kids oh, proms. you want to be a um, high school party DJ? Do you? No, you mm-hmm. kidnapped someone. <laughs> you didn't know, but you inadvertently kidnapped someone. What a lemon. Yeah, so it's something I've been thinking about like quite a lot recently. Like something, something small or something that seems massive at the time can obviously like at the time you're like this is life changing and my life is over and nothing's it can impact you for the following few years but yeah but i think like if it still lets you get on with your life as normal yeah i I think further down the line you and again this is the same situation like if you can look back on it and be like that's where i was and this is where i am your perception of the situation changes a little bit something obviously i've been thinking about quite a lot recently like you know what kind of situations i've been in and like i'm dealing with lots of things family related and relationship related and when something happens that you're like oh this is like this is not where I want to be or like this is not a good situation you would feel like in that moment that your life is over and you're like oh like this is going to change everything I everything I understand and everything I've wanted to do and kind of all the things I've said now I mean nothing and it's kind of yeah and it's a weird one and then you've realized a few months or years down the line that it was just a moment and you're kind of you had you got through it and now you're moving forward again. Um, yeah, I feel like they feel, in those moments, you feel like your life's over. But in fact, there's so much more for mm-hmm. you if you can push through them. Yeah, it's um, all about the decisions, how you adjust and how you adapt and the decisions that you make. For definite, for definite. So what is your Ask, ask Anton? Uh, I'm quite interested on this. Stop calling it Ask Anton. <laughs> <laughs> what are some steps someone struggling with low self-esteem or depression can take to get out of it? Dress now, better. Done. Now, I don't I don't profess to know anything about solving these situations because I believe that the that they are very nuanced and very um, often they are it's easier for you to for you to tell someone how to solve a problem than it is for them to actually solve it. I think when it comes to depression and low self-esteem, the best way to do it is to connect. I think the opposite of depression is human connection. And if you are feeling sad and you are feeling particularly overwhelmed by a situation or you feel lonely, then the only way to solve that problem is to, to get yourself some human connection and to get out and interact with other humans. The opposite of depression is human interaction however the notes on this one were quite fun i really like some of this sorry just reading some of these here i like the one where it's like oh i slept too long i'm late to work and apparently i can't get up in the morning could be i need sleep and now i'm revived yeah so looking so, at the, the so, positives from yeah that. so i think the um yeah so the first one was dress better yeah that's, that's a good one i think that makes a massive huge massive difference i saw this in my brother so okay. Jim um, is was renowned in our family for just not really making that much effort and kind of would just wear whatever, whatever was comfortable. And like, you can understand that. You want to be comfortable all the time. He, um, like, I don't know much about his relationship situation, but he kind of, there was a time in his life where a lot of people were on him about that situation, about him kind of like not really taking care of himself. Yeah, yeah. And now... He, he was like, oh, you're kind of right. He's got a bit of money. And he's like, he'll buy good jeans and shirts that fit him well and sh- cool shoes and things that he... It, and it kind of, it changed his, like his attitude to his situation mm-hmm. just by affecting how he looks. I had a similar thing as a kid when I... 
I can't remember exactly how old I was. I think I might have been 12 or 13. My I used to wear a lot of tracksuit bottoms, like just because they were comfy. Yeah. Like they were they were comfortable to fit in, they were relaxed, they were nice, and they made me feel comfortable, and it's what I was used to wearing. Yeah. And for me, the tracksuit bottoms were my comfort zone. Yeah. And my dad's ex-wife was like, now you're a bit older, wanna start getting you some better clothes. Yeah. So she took me to next. Uh, at the time, good old Next. Jim worked at Next. And she got me some jeans and some, like, nicer T-shirts. Not that my T-shirts were horrible, but they were still, you're at that point where you're, like, not a kid anymore, but you're not quite an adult, so you're in that weird phase. But she got me some, like, adult T-shirts, I want to call them, but they're not. And they made me feel different and weird at first, because I was like, oh, jeans, oh, I'm not so used to wearing this. But then the more I got used to it, the more comfortable I felt in the clothes and the older and more mature I felt. So I felt better about myself yeah. and not being judged for in the tracksuit bottoms yeah. anymore or being too comfortable all the time. I was yeah. out of my comfort zone in something new yeah. that is now my normal every day. Yeah. If I wear, now if I was to wear like my jogging bottoms out to walk the dog or anything like that, I'd be like, oh, this feels weird. I'd have to put some jeans on, yeah. even if I'm just leaving the flat. 100%. I think my... My dad um, was always a proponent of cleaning your football boots after training mm. because of this very situation. If his thing was that if you look good, then you feel good and you'll play good. And if you turn up and you're kind of, you've not, you're not as prepared, your, your kit's not prepared or you're not like, same, same with, with music. If you turn up and your guitar's out of tune, if you're, if, if you've got to do loads of work and kind of, get it in tune while everyone else is already playing. You don't feel good about the situation. You're not going to play well. Yeah, you're like, oh, hard work. Yeah, oh. I think I think it's the, the the look good, feel good, play good thing was huge for us when we were growing up. We were like made to wash your football. If boots. you do the hard work at a time where it's, it, it's, it's fr- where, you, where it's on your mind and not something that will reoccur later on, like mm-hmm. it's the smallest of things. Like if you notice the bin is full, Empty the bin. If you've got the time, empty the bin. Yeah. Because then when you next go to put something in the bin, you're like, oh, yeah, it's empty again because I emptied it earlier. Yeah. It's not then weighing on your mind again, like, oh, the bin's still really yeah, full. Yeah, the, prepara- the preparation, like pre-empting your own annoyance. And yeah, like create, it, design your own environment. There, yeah. yeah, design your own yeah. environment completely. Like, I think, the, I think the second one was also very good, which is get uncomfortable, which comes up against, uh, comes up with the... Um, uh, human connection being the the solve to um, depression and loneliness. The only way to get yourself out of that place, what that I know, is to like connect with people, and that is uncomfortable in some instances. Yeah, like putting yourself into new social social situations is the hardest thing to do, but it's actually the most rewarding mm-hmm. because you suddenly realise that there's so much more going on outside your head than there is going on inside it, yeah. and that putting yourself in a situation where your thoughts aren't the main attraction is huge for your ongoing development. So that's a big one. And then this one here, the one that you've just commented on, try to catch yourself whenever you're thinking about something that is putting yourself down and replace it with something positive. So yes, it was, I slept too long and now I'm late for work. Apparently I can't get up in the morning. Could be, hey, I need to sleep and now I'm revived. And it could be, oh, I've got to go to work, but and do this. And I, always this, try, this and I always try and frame it as I get to go to work. Yes, I'm choosing to go to work. There's people who don't have a job hmm. and I, I have one. Yeah. And yes, my imposter syndrome kicks in and I, and I feel myself saying I'm really not qualified for this. I'm not very good at it. 
but I get to go to I get to go to work and someone pays me to be myself at my job and help people. It's sick. Awesome. And if you tell yourself as well, uh, I, I'm choosing to go to work, you're more likely to be more engaged and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because also, you're, it's your choice to go. Yeah, yeah. I think if you, can, if you can reframe it as a positive, like any situation, if you can reframe it as a positive, makes it more appealing. Like part of why I love going to our work is because everyone's cool and like I get to see all my favorite people and that's great. Um, if I was down on it, I could, I could say that it's unrewarding, mm -hmm. but the reward isn't in the work. The reward is in the people I share the work with. So uh, reframing it is massive. Yeah, I really hate my hair today. It doesn't ever look nice. Well, it could be my skin is very soft today. Mm. Um, if you keep this up, you will learn eventually how to see positives about yourself instead of negatives. What you're looking for is what you'll find. And that's, I think it's interesting. Sick. What you're looking for is what you'll find. Yeah, I like that. It's very impactful. Very but good. what I like the most is uh, that I keep pressing enter on this page. No. Uh, what I like the most is if there is an issue, like with the hair one here, if there is an issue with your hair and it, you're thinking it never looks nice, find a hairstyle that you like. Find a way to do it. Like, do look into that. Yeah, exactly. You've shaved or all yours shave off. Shave all your hair off. But, like, I, I used to hate the way I did my hair for ages. Um, and then I started looking into hairstyles I wanted. My friend's a barber, so I was like, yo, what do you think about this? Found a way and now I'm comfortable with it. Like, yeah. And I wasn't ever super uncomfortable with it, but I was always, like, day in, day out, it would be different because mm. I wasn't comfortable with it. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I so think yeah, I think that I think there's definitely thing. like like putting yourself in a better physical situation is obviously going to um, like if you can feel better about yourself just by wearing something different, then great. Get yourself into some new social situations, even if they're uncomfortable, because that's where the most reward is, and it's all about reframing the way you look at things. Um, so a, a pretty serious ask Reddit there. I'm sorry, it wasn't very funny. I know, we normally do quite funny ones. We'll try and be funny next time. I really, really am annoyed that that wasn't quite funny, but that's fine. That's fine. We don't have to be funny every week. Do we? No. We don't. So, remember that when you're in the valley and you're looking at the peak, there is a road to get there. And in fact, it would be better if it was a little more difficult because you will appreciate it more. And you just um, have to choose the right road for you. Correct. Um, right, it's time for us to get back to the real world, but we'll see you next time on Manifest Simplicity. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a five-star review in your podcast app. You, the one you're listening to right now, go to your podcast app, click on write a review, write one, it better be nice. Leave, click on the five-star button, and then we'll all be good. Also, don't forget to send us voice notes because we're going to use them in the podcast. I think that's going to be sick. Yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for that. I'm going to I'm going to ask some people in real life who I know listen to the podcast to send us a voice note as well. Okay. Um, if you want to read more things we've written, check out the blog at manifestsimplicity.com. And if you want to keep up with our daily lives, you can find us on social media by searching Manifest Simplicity. Anything else you need to add? Uh, nope, we're all good. I think we're good to sign off. Remember, when your life is simple, you allow space for your brain to work, for your heart to explore, and for your mind to be creative. Simple isn't always easy, but it's always more fulfilling. Beep, beep. <laughs>